Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and I am your hostess today for The Dental Handoff. I am speaking about a very important and a topic near and dear to my heart of embracing conflict in dental teams. Kelly, why would I even embrace conflict? Conflict is something I cannot stand. It pulls us apart. It causes disruption in our team. It keeps people from showing up, makes people quit, everything. Well, I thought it was appropriate also because this is National Dental Hygiene Month, October is. And this could be a contributing factor of navigating conflict within dental teams because we don't really get a lot of training on it. We don't know why it's important for our teams and how to overcome it and utilize it to strengthen your team. Let's start with the definition of what team conflict is. Defined by Harvard Business Review, team conflict is an undesirable interpersonal problem that occurs between two or more members of the same project team and affects results of teamwork. So the team does not perform at an optimum level. That sounds a lot like what we're experiencing lately, doesn't it? And it could be one of the reasons why we have the quiet quitting, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. I think that quiet quitting was the thing has been a thing for a long time. But why is it important? There's different, there's, there's different types of conflict. And I would like to talk about those for just a moment before we go into how to get over and lean into conflict. Harvard Business Review also talks about the three types of conflict being one, task conflict, second, two, relationship conflict, and three, value conflict. And all three of these conflicts require a different type of resolution. The one that they mentioned that is probably the one that is the most easy to resolve could be task conflict. And it can be, it can appear to be the most simplest to, to resolve. Let me start that over. The first one, task conflict can appear to be the simplest to resolve, but sometimes task conflict 
can turn out to have deeper roots and is way more complex than what we think that it might be. You all hear this in the office every day. Why do I have to do that when they know that they should be doing it? Why should I always have to tell them to do that when they know to do it? How do we resolve it? Test conflict can be done through active listening, understand asking questions, repeating back what you think you are confirming or understanding that the other individual is saying or not saying, and then asking even deeper questions, which are kind of aimed at probing for deeper concerns. And if you don't feel comfortable doing this, if you feel like it's too emotionally charged, you could ask an office manager, someone else on the team who is qualified in this area, qualified meaning that they're designated by the office to help you, to assist, to support, to be the ally in the situation, an unbiased party to assist in this type of conversation. So it's you, most ideally, when, when we have conflict, it's most helpful to go to that person directly instead of telling someone else about it. So then the conflict never gets resolved. That's how drama, toxic environments get started. And it just, it can breed a lot of resentment and quitting within the team. So task conflict can mean that you're dividing up resources. There's opinions on procedures about what someone's doing, not doing. And it's a lot easier to try to engage in a conversation and to develop those solutions together than rather having these these conversations, these side conversations about they're not doing this, we're not doing that, or trying to work around it. So that's our first type of conflict. Relationship conflict, it arises, as you could guess, from many type of personality styles, your taste, your value systems, even your conflict styles, and the way that you have learned to deal with conflict. And because many of us in real life, we're thrown together and we don't know how to get along because we didn't know about much about each other. We know that we love dentistry. We know that we're there for the patients most of the time. And we don't, we haven't learned how to get along as individuals, as a part of teams, especially if they're right now post COVID, when you have a team that is an existing team, and then you have a lot of new members coming in, there can be a relationship conflict. And this is, I feel one of the most common one in dental teams that I consult with. And so it's no surprise that it, it can be so common and it can cause the most ruckus because one side is feeling that they're understanding the way it should be done. And the other side is thinking that they're doing it in the way that they always have. And they're scared to ask for help. Sometimes they're scared. They're scared. There's fear. There's fear of rejection, fear of that. They're not going to be doing it right. Fear of conflict. However, they have avoided conflict in the past can come in and enter the picture on both sides. But I see this relationship conflict and one of the best things to do, and it seems like very second grade, but to try to get to know the other person better and why they're there, what they're all about, connect personally, and try to find the commonality in what it is that you're doing every day. Because a lot of times, if you understand the person, you understand their position, their point of view, and it also takes away, can remove 
that part of where it's like this dis- defensiveness because you can understand a perspective and you can understand that you don't have to agree when you walk away from that conversation, but you can respectfully disagree on how to do things, but you're coming together to do it because it's the right thing for the patient and it's the right thing for the office and it's the right thing as a human to do it and to help humanize what it is that we do every day. So it might not be exactly the way that Janie likes it done to a T and Sally may do it a little bit differently, but at the end of it, is the end result the same? Is it connecting the patient to what they need to know to take care of themselves, to understand the treatment when they schedule it, to come back, get the treatment that's required, that's recommended and to truly live a a fully healthy life based on the decision and the communication and the practice. The Spear Institute found that 90% of patients, they come back to dental offices because of the communication. The patients report back that communication is so vitally important to them choosing a dental office. And the patients can also kind of feel and sense like we can if we're in a if we're in a room of tense or palpable kind of tensions when teams aren't getting along as well they can sense when you're not on the same page they can sense when there's resentment they can sense when there's not alignment in the practice and it drives them away so get to know each other and then the third reason for conflict, and then we're going to talk about the other stuff that backs some of this stuff up, some of the reasons behind why it is I'm recommending what I'm recommend, recommending and why all of the research recommends what it does as well. The third type of conflict in teams is value conflict. And this is, it's kind of like in a, it's like in second place, it runs very similar to the first place of the relationship conflict. But I think that Two, as we get into generational differences, I know I'm from a different generation. I'm not that far off, but I can understand different perspectives of generations. But the value conflict can arise from fundamental differences in identities and values, which can include like social aspects, politics, religion, ethics, norms, and other deeply held beliefs. So because even just you all, in the last five years, the social movements, the ways that we label, identify, reject, um, sort of bias some of the way that we're thinking subconsciously, it can affect how we connect to other people. And we know that a lot of this, we don't talk about it in organizations, but there are sometimes that implicit bias that comes along that we don't think about that comes out in conversation where it's more of like a nudge, nudge, oh, you know what I mean? And others may not agree and it may cause a very uncomfortable situation. So I think that when we talk about embracing and moving past and understanding that you can agree to disagree on values at some level, whether it's not your perspective on religion, it's not your your perspective on social or political beliefs, that you acknowledge that your, that your differences are there. And then you remain open to say, you know what? I understand and I validate that that is where you are with that. I will be more thoughtful and empathetic towards my words that I choose and how I act, knowing that you feel that way. So it starts with that openness. It starts with the ability to step back from ego, from self, 
to say, this isn't about me. This is about the we. And this is why I am choosing to respond in this way. And it's, you guys, it's an imperfect process. It's nothing that is going to be right the first time. And also too, in the teams, nothing can happen without trust at the center. So when you're managing conflict, when you're talking about, when you feel something that doesn't feel good in the team or with an individual within the team, and you felt like you've, something just slipped out and you, you just wish you could take it back. I think we've all probably felt that way in our lives. And some of us last week, some of us today, and you feel like you could put the words back in your mouth. But if you sense that this is happening and you've said something that you can't take back, start over and say, you know what? That wasn't right for me to say that. I apologize. And can can we start over? Is this something that we can that we can reframe and talk about it differently again, because I shouldn't have said that. And so holding yourself accountable for that. And then the other person too, if they respectfully can say to you, you know what, when you say that, it makes me feel that you don't, that you don't understand my perspective. And you're having these different conversations that are, that are, hold on, start that over. And you're having these conversations that are truly meaningful, that are building, that are for the overall good. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But also, too, what I want to talk about is this article that I found. It's called Managing and Mitigating Conflict in Healthcare Teams, an Integrative Review. What this article talks about is all of the different this is all the different articles that they found at the time of the study. It was in 2015. It was 41 studies that they looked at, and they looked at all the commonalities between all of the information they had found. So what they say is that interpersonal conflict, which is team conflict, is a dynamic process occurring between individuals experiencing negative emotional reactions to perceived disagreements and interference with goal attainment. That's team conflict right? And then it talks about, it goes on in the background that individuals experience less conflict using an integrative, accommodating, or collaborating style. So it's talking to each other. It's understanding each other's perspective. Not that you have to agree, but just understanding. I think no matter what it is, no matter what our beliefs are, if we've had the worst day, sometimes it's just awesome to have someone listen to us and validate and say, you know what? You had a tough day. I, you know, I don't, I don't even see how you did that today. I acknowledge that you even showed up and that you're so positive and to validate that you went through it. That by itself goes a long way. The second question I feel that does wonders with a team. If you're seeing someone melt, melt down, or you're seeing that a team is having conflict, if you stop and you say to the other person or other team members, you know what, how can I support you? How can I support you with this situation? Because clearly, clearly we need to move forward and I want to be part of the solution. One of the ways that this article talks about the implications for practice, where they talk about all the different aspects of why this, why and how conflict occurs in teams. And they talk a lot about the things that we talk about in next level dental hygiene leadership in our courses for teams and then also individual courses for personal management of conflict and finding yourself and navigating your 
your magnetic north and and identifying your own values and belief systems. It says one of the ways to achieve self-awareness and reflective practice is learning to understand your own personal attitudes, your values and beliefs that affect the workplace relationship. Because if you think that you're always right, you're not. And you have to, it, it's, it's about how you are coming across to other people. That's why I love the DISC evaluation because it's how other people perceive your actions. And then it talks about self-awareness also can be enhanced by developing and or strengthening one's emotional intelligence. The ability to manage emotion may help to optimize decisions on how to resolve conflicts effectively. So what you're doing is you're effectively able to say, oh, this is an emotionally charged situation. I need to regulate this within myself because I have been triggered. Maybe it's your values. Maybe it's the relationship. Maybe it's the task that's setting you off. But you're able to say, ooh, Kelly, pause. Don't let, don't let these feelings, emotions come out of your mouth. Think about them. Think about how this it will impact your team. What can I and how can I structure this to benefit what's going on right now? And then the managers, it talks about in the article too, managers who develop insight into their own behaviors, increase their skill and role modeling. So you as a leader, every single person in the dental team is a leader. Every person is also a manager. We step in and out of continually these roles of being a leader and a follower. So modeling the role behaviors that you want others to emulate is, is vitally important because what it helps to do is it helps to develop that other, that other person or other team members' intuitive skills to say, oh, this is how we're supposed to act. This is the standard of care in this practice. This is how we do when we do it. And so when you call that out and you act that way and everyone acts accordingly and it becomes the standard of what the team does. Other people are, can learn from those behaviors. And then what ends up happening is if you look at the theory of, of leadership theories and styles and traits and all the, all the ways that you can be a leader, it becomes a transformational leadership style because it creates an inspiring vision within the team because you're acting when you're modeling this behavior as a as a mentor, you're encouraging respect and you're understanding each other to reduce conflict. Again, it's imperfect. It may not happen right the first time, it may not happen right the first and 13th time, but try. And others knowing that you are an ally and that you are trying is, is so important to the team working together as we. And then also too, it talks about that commitment from organizational leaders is necessary to provide skill development and policies. So policy, and when I, when I talk to teams about this, policy is how does the office, if there is conflict, who handles it? Who do you go to? If I have conflict with someone, who do I go to in the practice? Well, my answer is always go to the person after after it's kind of cooled off, if it's a, if it's a charged situation, go to them directly and say, you know what, when this happened, it made me feel this way. And I'd like to talk about it if we could, if now's a good time and to talk directly to that person. Again, key is after that emotional charge has gone away and there's a way to structure this conversation. But if not, if you feel like that you've attempted that, that there's not been resolved, that some type of situation is 
happening is continues to occur. Some people call it passive aggressive. And also there's that term microaggressions as well. Then what is your office's policy on how you resolve conflict? Do you go to office manager? Do you go to doctor? And then where do you take it from there? Where is a written grievance? How is the other person um, evaluated on that? How do people come together? How is there conflict resolution between individuals, team members, and the practice within the organization? And how do you embrace it to overcome this? So having those policies in place, I think, are a nice way for well, not just nice, they're an important way for the employees to understand how they go through something and how they can be supported in a time where there might be some type of microaggression or some type of conflict in their team. And then again, it this article talks about the education should incorporate reflective practice, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, communication skills, team building skills to handle job stress. Programs should also be developed to educate managers with principals, especially becoming skilled in transformational leadership and dealing with staff interactions. So they talk about a lot of the ways that this occurs in teams is to do role-playing, of course, which we could imagine. But then also too, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this um, in, a, in a link below where you can download this handout if you would like. It's called Interrupting Bias. It's, it's about calling out versus calling in. And the difference, if you hear me out here, calling out is when we need to let someone know that their words or actions are unacceptable and they won't be tolerated. So if they if they are coming, if you feel like someone's calling coming at you, you're kind of calling them out, but you got to be respectful. But it's the there's this entire whole other conversation on why this happens and why it can be heated, become heated. But it's important that we do call it out because we can't just sit there and let it happen because then it continues, right? And we've all been in a situation like this where we're like, is anybody going to say anything? Is anybody going to say anything about the way this person's talking to me or the way this person's talking, talking to that person? There's a way to do it. So when we need to let someone know that their words or actions are unacceptable, when we need to interrupt in order to prevent further harm, when we feel that there's something that needs to be said that's hard and uncomfortable, but it's necessary, and it allows us to hit the pause button to break the momentum for this charged conversation to continue. So there's certain phrases in this, in this chart that you can download by clicking the link in the show notes that you can navigate this conversation as a script. So some examples of this is that word or comment is really triggering and offensive. Be mindful and could you please choose a different word? Or, okay, I'm having a strong reaction to that and I need to let you know why. Because if we say that, it's calling them out on what it is they've said, but it's respectful. It has to do with, okay, let's pause, let's make space for this and let's take action in the next way to mitigate this behavior coming again, because it, coming into the conversation again, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to teach the other person how to treat you and you're and standing by your own beliefs respectfully. So you can continue to build on that relationship. And then calling in the difference is when there's an opportunity to explore deeper, 
to make meaning together and to find a mutual under sense of understanding across a difference. So if you're finding that something is different in the way that you think about something and you are seeking to understand more about that or why they're thinking that way or why a decision was made or why you can't do that or why doctor doesn't allow that. <laughs> or if you feel like you want to offer a different perspective, this is also calling in. And it's focused on reflection and not reaction. So if you're hearing someone say, um, it, it's so as this document calls it, it's not just a suggestion. It's a suggestion with an uptick, meaning don't you think you should? So not just hearing them out, but also slightly leaning into that and then taking it a step further. So here are some examples of what this worksheet says. It says, so if you've heard something that you want to further understand, okay? And let's just say that doctor says, okay, um, we are, or office, whoever says, we are going to now start to begin to do this during hygiene time. And you're trying to understand why and how you're going to do it and all the things that come into your mind. You could say, I'm curious, what is the intention of us doing that? You could also say, okay, how might someone else see this differently? Is it possible that our patients can misinterpret this? Is it possible that that we could that someone can assume the, the truth differently about this? We get this a lot about it about incorporating technology or different work workflows into offices where all of a sudden it seems different to the entire team and they feel like their patients will notice it because they're like, okay, now we brought in this tech, the patient may be, un be uncomfortable with it. How do we and what do we do with this to mitigate this, to understand it from a team perspective? But what you're actually doing in this too is understanding how the team or the individual thinks deeply about this concept. Okay, so another question in calling in could be, why is this the best way to proceed and what other approaches have you considered? And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to, this, these are great questions for new operationalized tasks. These are great questions for new policies in the, in staff meetings and team meetings that you're having morning huddles. If you're coming, you're coming into some new information about shifting and what it is that you're doing. These are some questions that you can have maybe in the moment, but if they take further understanding and, or if you need to understand, need more time later to understand them, these are great questions when you're not in that moment to reflect on it. You're thinking because you're in go mode and you're thinking, okay, I need to ask more questions about it. These scripts, how to, how to think through this. So it's how we call out the behavior while calling in the person. So it is focused on reflection and not reaction. And then finally, what I'll say is that conflict is an opportunity for all of us, no matter how comfortable it can be for many of us, to call it out, to say what it is that we're seeing, because teams need that perspective. We are all going a million miles a minute throughout a day. Yes, we come together during morning huddles or lunchtime or whenever that may be for your office during the day. And we miss the human interaction, the team interaction, a lot of the times, you all, there's so much more to say about this. But conflict, 
when you think about the the root of the word, it's co. It's co. Co means to co-create together. We have to come together to resolve. We have to co-create to come together for the team, for the patient. So while the words may feel very uncomfortable coming out to you, there's a way to structure it. There's a way to respect the other individual. Perhaps in an office, you have these handouts and the practice and you laminate them. And if you want to call someone out or call someone in on something, pull it out and, and try to get a good starter phrase on how it is you're feeling to try to help navigate that. But conflict is a way to strengthen your team, to strengthen yourself, to challenge your own thinking, someone else's learning opportunity, because we only see the world through our own lens and context of our own experiences. So our thoughts are truly ours based on our own ways that we have thought about this time and time again. And sometimes it takes someone else's thinking to challenge our thinking or an action to challenge our thinking. But what does it result in if everyone comes into this and says, we're going to now think of conflict is not a dirty word, but a word that empowers the team. Let's all on this whiteboard, if this is the word conflict and what it means, let's make a positive definition of the word conflict. So if you were to redefine the word conflict in a positive term, how would your team do that? Write it out together. It's an opportunity to collaborate, to work together, to serve your team, to serve the office, to promote health, overall health for your patients so they can stay with your office. They love coming to your office. It's a value created and it creates a value in the team because now you've created this up level of understanding, this value in your team that can't be duplicated in any other team because your team is so unique and you all know this. And once you start to understand on that level, they, they function differently. They move differently. And then they have trust that's built in that. But if you know at the heart of it all, that when you're walking into some type of conflict, that it's for the overall good of it. And that's the, and that's the underlying assumption then you know that your heart is good in it. And then anything that's said is meant in a safe space that's held that space for that conversation. What do you all think about this? Drop it in the show notes. We'd love for you all to download the handout that I was just talking about, calling in versus calling out. How are you all navigating conflict in your practice? Next Level Dental Hygiene has some wonderful courses, the five essentials, uh, the five essentials of leadership in our team courses, nextleveldentalhygiene.com. Also have coaching for dental teams and would love to connect with you, but tell me what you think in the meantime, and then also download our handout and do us a favor. While you are loving our content and you're listening to it every week, I would invite you to like us on any type of podcasting and subscribe to us on YouTube and also share it. I'll see you soon on the flip side. Thank you for all the things you're doing. This is Dr. Kelly Tanner, RDH.